Greetings, all those out in podcast land. My name is Tyler. Welcome back to Cosmic Crit. And I hope you're ready for some fun times because we have a fun episode for you. And again, it's another episode that just embraces the ongoing weirdness of book two and against the Aeon Throne in general. Really loving this AP so far, and I can't wait for you guys to uh, carve out this little episode slice and enjoy it on your morning commute or lounge about day, however you decide to uh, consume your podcasts. But before I let you get into the meat and potatoes of this episode, I have two quick announcements for you. First off, we're going to be hosting the Cosmic Crit July Patreon stream on Thursday, July 25th. It's going to be a doozy, because Patrick is once again taking the time off, and Jabert is sliding into that GM seat like Picard into a sci-fi command center for a very special, very furry, and very six-armed adventure. Oh my lanta. That's right. We are back to playing Skittermanders. This time, we are live on Twitch with Skittercrash. I am very, very excited to get back into this because I loved Skitter Shot. And this is Skitter Crash. It's the return of some of the craziest characters we've had, and we're all going to be reprising our roles. So mark the calendar, Thursday, July 25th. Get in there. Come hang out with us. It's going to be a very good time. We are hoping to turn the Twitch stream into the podcast as well. But we're excited to play more games, including one-offs live in the future. That way we get to interact with you guys as we play, which is something we all are really kind of having fun with and enjoying and want to explore more. My next announcement is that next week is Gen Con in Indianapolis. And Patrick, our very own GM, will be traveling to the convention to game alongside you all, hand out merch, and host the first official fan meetup. Currently, Crittermanders can meet up at the Clada Irish Bar spelled C-L-A-D-D-A-G-H. And that meetup will be Wednesday, July 31st, and it's going to start at 9 p.m. Bring your favorite Irish drinking song. It's going to be a crazy one. So come for drinks and snacks, stay for Starfinder meetup, and talk about your Gen Con schedule. We're going to have some brand new, juicy, top-secret Cosmic Crit merchandise to hand out, so it's important that you're there. You can RSVP in the Discord server, or we'll just see you there Wednesday night. Or Patrick will. Feel free to also ping Patrick all weekend long, as he'll be there specifically to, you know, meet up with fans and hand out the goodies that I've mentioned. All right. I think that's all the announcements out of the way. So let's dive back into it. We're still a little ways away from Galta, but in this episode, the crew began to formulate our sinister plan on how to get there. And it's episode 94, entitled... The, the Taking, Taking of, of Relic. Relic. One, two, three. Episode commencing in three, two, one. Episode initiated. Come, doused in blood, in need of bleach, as I want all of my PCs to be. As a trend, as my friends. Attacking a known enemy. And I swear that I will shoot you with a gun. Yes, I will shoot you with this gun. Welcome back, lithium takers and penny royalty enthusiasts, to another episode of Cosmic Crit. This is Patrick, your GM, who is just like you in that I'm easily amused, and no matter what happens, everything is my fault. 
joining me in this game, like every game. Well, I'm so happy because today I found my friends and your players. Join me in welcoming them back to the podcast to my right. He likes to sing along and he likes to shoot his drone's gun. It's Tyler playing Nikithi with Drone-itis. Pew, 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 pew. To his right, after she summons a demon, she is choking on the ashes of her enemy. It's Rebecca Rockintalara. Hello. Across the digital table, a mulatto, an albino, a mosquito, a giant bear. It's Miles with a win. <laughs> Good evening, Patrick. To his right. Hey, wait, I've got a new trick attack. Forever in debt of your precious descriptions. It's Jabert bringing bum puzzle. Hey, Patrick. I was pretty sure you were going to say a talking dog. (laughs) (laughs) A talking cat. That's what I meant. Sorry. And to my left. It's okay to eat fish eyes and tongue because they don't have any poison. It's Drew running with Cass. Hello. Hey, guys. How are you doing? Oh, you missed an opportunity to go hello, hello, hello. (laughs) Hello, hello. How low? <laughs> I, I am uh, going to have Nirvana songs on my head all night. Oh, yeah. And I'm okay with that. Yep. Yep. That is quite all right because, oh, boy, it is fun going back through and reading those lyrics like poetry. Mm-hmm. I was Whatever. confused because I, I could have sworn we already did Nirvana. And so I was like, this can't be. It. It is Nirvana. <laughs> but, but yeah. We, we did Foo Fighters and it's got uh, a third of Nirvana. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I, I think we've done Nirvana for some art in the past. Mm. That might be it. Um, welcome back to the show, everyone. Welcome back to the the unbridled adventure that is going to be this week's episode. Uh, it, it's been a while since we did it on the podcast, maybe back in season one. But I want to bring back a tradition on this show, on the podcast, is we do some weekly check-ins with you all as individuals. Uh, kind of focus on one of them. Let's start with... Uh, Let's start with Tyler. Tyler, how are you doing tonight? I'm awful. <laughs> What's the matter? Um, I, I, I wanted to barbecue a pork shoulder on Sunday, mm. and it was to be done at 10 p.m., uh, but I stayed up till 4 a.m. when it finished, oh and I'm running on no fuel, half a cheesecake, and a beer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, not, but not the pork shoulder? Not the pork shoulder? No, I got to have like two bites off of it because I had to go to work. Oh. <laughs> so I've had like a little bit of it, but you not like refrigerate it. And... I did refrigerate it. It's sitting yeah. in my refrigerator, taunting me with a with a with a smoky sensation. Yeah, you picked I'm... up that that smoker a few weeks ago, and you've been going going hard on it, right? Yeah, I made some salmon, did some sausage, mm, smoke that uh, salmon, boy. Man. Yeah, this was this was pork shoulder. Turned out really, really well. Miles, I used some whatever that mustard based Carolina barbecue sauce. Uh, yeah, baby. Oh, nice. nice. So uh, for some southern support into my pork shoulder, but I'm oh, yeah. really loopy. So I mean, the <laughs> real weird. Good. That's how you should play him every week. <laughs> just stay up, stay up till four a.m. the day before. And, oh, yeah, they call that the Patrick special. How, how are you liking the taste of the South? It, dude, it's fantastic because uh, so there was also just like uh, there was a a local uh, butcher's rub on it, and because it was like everything caramelized really, really well, and so it was just like mm-hmm. great. It was this beautiful brown sugar that caramelized, and then underneath it was some of that you know Carolina mustard. And so it's it's this wonderful layered experience of just kind of like a sugarly caramelization, mustard, and then smoky. Mm. Turned out it was great, really really good. Mm. I a seventeen hour smoke altogether. Jeez uh, Louise, man! Using mostly hickory, uh, some mesquite, and then uh, threw in a little bit of uh, 
cherry in there as well. Oh, yeah. You got to throw in some cherry. Yeah. But uh, I was really, really happy with how it turned out. But I'm paying for it. <laughs> yeah, and now everyone on this podcast is hungry. So. Yeah, I know. Now let's fast for two hours as we play a, a, a board game over the the internet. <laughs> I, Tyler up longer. Speaking, uh, just real quick, speaking of barbecue, Tyler, uh, a g- couple weeks ago, I did make some mustard based sauce that I was planning on sending it to you, but we ate it all. So sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Eat clean, Tyler. <laughs> Great storage <laughs> part. It was really good too, man. I, you really. I really wanted to come to your party, but I just didn't want to. Right. I wanted to come, but you know, I wanted I to come to be there. So nah. I wanted to come to your party, but I stayed home and had more fun there. <laughs> uh, that, that's cool I, I i i'm sure one day i'll i'll be back out in boston and maybe we can have i some swear i'll make it for you when you come up i swear i i, I appreciate because this was really good and this was just store-bought stuff so man if i could get a jar of your stuff then i could do this again oh yeah even better yeah man i love some of jibert's homemade sauce mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Well, that, that segment uh went way too long, so we're never doing that again. <laughs> uh, I was about to say, why don't I start with Tyler on this one? This is why our episodes go long. Let's get back into it. Uh, tell one another, tell the folks at home, uh, what happened last time on Cosmic Crit. To find out more info about Talmrin, Hashashir leads the crew to the Furnace Market, a collection of small shops set up in a disused area of Outpost Set. The gang splits up, with Wynn and Talara doing some eventful haggling at the market. An unruly dealer that seemed temperamental backed down as soon as Wynn let out a ferocious roar, giving him a free item as a result. Wynn likes the bazaar. Then we meet up with a nervous scree deep, who at first appears to be just really twitchy, but as it turns out, they were tapping out a code we need to meet up with Tom Rin. Talara plays a round of poker with a band of Glimshard pirates, and although she lost some credits, she gained some valuable allies who gave the crew information about an Aslanti ship that guards the prison moon Galta. With the knowledge to call the elusive Talmarin in hand, we climb back into the pipes and summon her. She's a charming, skittish sort, and hopefully she can be convinced to give our heroes some much-needed aid. That is indeed where we left off. You were all, uh, I think, except when we're squeezed into the, the tiny space behind the odd Heo nest and have indeed uh, summoned Talmrin, and that's T-A-L-M-R-I-N. And she has appeared. She's a small, white, tufted, uh, gossclaw, kind of a weasel, ferret, mammalian-looking race, um, the stand like five or six foot tall. They've got these very long claws, uh, slender bodies. And you can tell that she is able to snake into these uh, pipes that only the, the smaller races were able to get into with ease. Uh, she speaks in an odd accent, but it is common. Um, she seems to have maybe learned it from watching old movies or reading ancient texts. Uh, she comes up uh, and is, you know, about six feet uh, over your heads and poking her head out of a pipe and says, uh, you have gone to length most great to summon me. For what reason dost thou beckon me from my abode? We heard you might be able to help us disguise our ship. Ah, thou needest repairs or perhaps 
some some alterations where alterations may need be. A little from column A, a little column B. Right, we uh, we need to look a little greener, if you know what I mean. Mm, and, and why is it that he thinks I, Tamarin, uh, knoweth of these ways? Who who sent you in in mine direction? Bonsa? Is that her name? Wait, what was the guy? No, the the, the witch weird pilot. Beyonce. Uh, Seance. Seance. Not Beyonce, but Seance. <laughs> yeah, if you mention her, she says, Seance is a friend indeed, and she knows well my technical skills and prowess. Entering into an agreement with me is is no small task, though. I I might need information. What what exactly are you all planning? Can I sense motive? I don't want to sense motive. Can someone sense motive? <laughs> <laughs> someone with the wisdom in here. <laughs> he hasn't been saying he hasn't said anything, but he's been paying close attention. So I think this is an appropriate sense motive time for him. Uh, sense motive go. Sense motive four. <laughs> Yeah, eleven on the sense motive check. She doesn't seem like she's trying to to cheat you or, or, or be deceitful in her line of questioning. She's you know a businesswoman, and uh, uh, perhaps maybe you've gathered some of the things she uh, has done is not all above board. Maybe a little illegal. So she's, she's asking Nick, questions. Nikki yeah. D looks at you know uh, the rest of the group and kind of nods, indicating that you know we could probably just tell her the truth. We need to get down to the, the prison moon, the Galta. Hmm. The prison moon of Galta, you say. Entering into thine prison is a monumental task, and methinks one which might be impossible. Two of my own kind, wise and sneaky Gosclaws themselves, it has been said, tried to break in recently and were never heard from again. Dead or in prison themselves they are now. For a worse fate, whose designs I cannot fathom might have befallen them. Good sirs or madams, you speak something quite crazy. For the person we are attempting to rescue, it is worth the effort. And who is this person so lucky to have the aid from packed worlders such as yourselves? She is known by the name Sedona. And is is this the one that they, they brought from the world of Nakondis? I've heard some scuttlebutt of of this venture. What news have you heard of her? Does she live? Uh, weeks past, a Aslanti private vessel made its way through the system. I gl- glanced this information from the Glimshar pirates. Tell me about your journey. How did yonder Sedona of Nakondis earn their entry into this dire prison moon of Galta? What happens on this far-off planet? You guys want to recount some bits and bobs of book one of the AP. Uh, yeah. Well. But short, Nikita would just say, uh, there are many things that took place on the Condus, but the main thing that has Sedona in this bind is that the Aslanti found a technological object called the Rune Drive, a faster-than-light travel engine. Oh, my, 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 my. Curiouser and curiouser that the Aslanti should be leaving, uh, a simple ship to have guarded this newly conquered Nakondis territory. Uh, she kind of muses a while, um, pulling out her whiskers with, with her claws and says, uh, uh, there has been no pronouncements of an annexation upon the Star Empire, Star Empire's infosphere, nor any rumors of important military operations or discoveries. Mm-hmm. Thou wouldst have passed through the borders of Aslant with much less ease if if there were. Uh, I wonder if this Sardat is 
keeping secrets from Central Command. Perhaps he is exceeding his authority. Indeed, perhaps the, uh, we have reason to believe that the Sardet is trying to uh, claim the rune drive for uh, him or herself. I don't, I don't remember. But uh, it is Sardat Zoltan Ulavestra. The man who wants the rune drive is Sardat Zoltan Ulavestra. Okay, I just don't know who Zoltan is, but <laughs> he tells your I'm fortune. Just, I'm just trying not to, you know, make presumptions and such. Anyway, regardless, uh, we have reason to believe that he is claiming this as a family ancestral right. So it may be something of a personal matter for him. Aha. Uh-huh. And, and you were seeking entry into the prison moon of Gotha with your own vessel. Is that correct? Who is the captain of your vessel? Ah, uh, well, he's, a, he's on a big... Big as in husky? A bit too large to fit in yonder tube? Uh, yeah, and Bumfuzzle just sort of like points out the tube. And you can, like maybe there's like a big bear, big blue bear eye, like looking down the tube. <laughs> oh no, it, it's, it's a, a, a hip height. So if anything, we're seeing a, a bear butt <laughs> right down. Like one of those Charmin commercials. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so she asks for an audience, and you can have it through the pipe if you want a win <laughs> to draw to draw you into this conversation. Like, it, like kneels down, like so. We get a little bit of an echo. Yeah, hello, hello, hello. Uh, a little bit of an echo as you're talking through the the pipe. But uh, she says, Captain Win, good to meeteth you. Uh, do you believeth in faith? Um. Hmm. I don't. I don't know if Wynn really has a, a religious faith per se. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess he's he's more in tune with nature, um, so I'm not sure how he would respond to that. Uh, Talmarin will continue on if you're you're chewing on that fat. <laughs> she says the gods do have a hand in the affairs of mortal beings such as us. Perhaps it was them that entwined our paths to cross here upon the station. I have talked with your crew, and it just so happens that I am looking myself to extract some prisoners from Galta. Three prisoners, to be exact. and They are being held in a similar fashion to your friend Sedona, as they too are non Atlante. Perhaps I can help you, and, and you can help me in the same instance. I can offer you credits... Per prisoner that you are able to extract for me. Ah. Who are these prisoners? They are three souls doomed to rot in Galta. The first is Mothkala, a shrewd Vesk. Then there's Tasikchik, a wise Shirin. And finally, a Slavara, whose name spoken aloud will have your tongue in a corkscrew. They dug through the remains of the past. Archaeologists in your tongue. They were trying to smuggle artifacts of alien-dominated peoples dominated by the Aslanti, and they were trying to preserve those people's pasts under the Star Empire's totalitarian rule. I helped smuggle their findings, and they must have taken something that upset the Aslanti greatly, as they were intercepted en route to a rendezvous with me, and taken straight to Galta, imprisoned there. I feel quite ashamed and quite the fool having my freedom while they are imprisoned these many months, and they must think I have forgotten about them, but forgotten I have not. I sleep with the pain inside my soul, with them ever in the forefront of my mind. Too much a coward to accept their same fate and try to break them out myself. Ah, so you know how we feel about Sedona then. I know well, and as I said, I have perhaps some 
keys, some elements to getting your friend extracted along with mine. I can indeed help alter your ship design, squib your vessel to help evade scanners, reading thou as a packed vessel, but sadly that will not get you into the prison. They do not allow unscheduled transit into Golta's orbit. They have shot down vessels approaching, even offering simple trades or, or requests for help. No, thou shall require greater access for trading, and perhaps it best you just procure a trading vessel already inbound for the prison itself. Are you implying that we should attack and seize another vessel? I would not do something as illegal as suggest piracy within the Star Empire's borders, but that is just the first step, is making it to the prison moon itself. Uh, getting into the, the prison uh, will also require some special skills. Uh, she produces from um, like inside of her vest pocket a small metallic key card and kind of holds it above her head uh, so everyone can see. Uh, this is an obsidian-level pass card. It was taken off an Aslanti that would have lost his head had not a, a very mean Besk not already misplaced it for him. Uh, with this, thou can gain entrance through the doors of the prison, but this is not even enough. If you make it there and get through the doors, you still need to unlock the cells. And for what I've heard, they are genetically locked. Only those of Aslanti bloodlines can unlock those prison doors. Have you any plan for breaching those manner of locking mechanisms? Uh, Talara would uh, surreptitiously uh, uh, glance at Nikithi knowingly at this statement. There was uh, I guess we're all out. I guess we're all out of luck, gang. No Islanties here. Time to pack it up, folks. Head on home. Yep. There will surely be some guard or other staff member of the prison that we can take control of, use them against the Empire themselves. Well, I am not willing to bet that you might be able to keep a guard alive long enough to get through the, the biometric locking mechanisms. As I said, escape from the prison, nearly impossible. Unless you can come up with some kind of plan to, to beat all those security systems, I, I would feel bad sending you into the prison to become a prisoner yourself. I am a bioengineer of no small skill. If I have access to the machines, I can probably figure out a bypass. Um, Talmarin kind of notes uh, that uh, you, you might have had to do something kind of similar to just gain access to Outpost Zed as uh, pack worlds aren't kind of like plugged into their computer system, like the doors wouldn't open. <laughs> the, uh, the food um, uh, vending machine area wouldn't, wouldn't work for you guys either. Um, she says, you know, it'll, it'll be like that, but a great deal more difficult, and you're going to have to deal with, you know, the a time crunch of uh, not being able to, to take 20 when perhaps prison alarms are going off or whatever else is going to happen. So she kind of like sizes you up, maybe asks you some questions about your your technical prowess um, before she kind of agrees to continue on with this, this conversation. She says, thou can have this card and my aid on just a few conditions. As I said, I will pay for the extraction of my friend's the three prisoners from Golta, but I would also like any cargo you are able to cull from Islanti trading vessel that you might procure as payment. Uh, those goods I can use to recoup my, my loss, and I can also perhaps upgrade your own vehicle eh, as as a, a thank you. Uh, what sayeth thou? Do we strike a, a bargain on our contract? 
I believe that sounds fair. She'll worm her way through the uh, the tube towards you, when and give you a, a handshake, and then turns herself around in the pipe, and, and everyone back in the audio nest room. She'll, she'll give you a wink, kind of a, a slow head nod as we move into montage mode, <laughs> I guess, for like the next day or so. But uh, before that, oh boy, there must have been something magical in that wink as it's getting you one step closer to liberating Sedona and one final step closer to level four. You yeah! will level up. Level up. It's a level up wink? That's a first on the podcast. It's, yeah, I was... <laughs> if that's I all the, it the takes, math. I would be winking constantly. I did the math at the end of the last episode and you guys were like 100 XP away. I was like, oh man, I wonder when that's going to come up. And securing Telmarin's uh, favor will will get you 600 XP. So 150 each. And that'll do it. <laughs> nice. Uh, so as is tradition on the podcast, let's take a, a quick break here. Go around the table. Just go right around the horn. Talk about your PCs at level four. Just like one cool thing that you get. Let's get into it. I know the person most excited is one of us up until 4 a.m. last night. Uh, Tyler, can you tell us about the amazingness that is Drone Mechanic at level four? Hey, you are Drone Mechanic level four. Hey, oh. <laughs> Not a lot going on. Oh, but, oh no. But, but. I do get a mechanic trick, so it's not all bad here. Yeah, those are on even levels, right? Yes, and I do kind of, ha- I'm I, I'm excited. I have this wombo combo building in my brain, oh, uh, which I'm excited to enact at level five, so we'll find out more about it at level five. But for now, I just took a mechanic trick, and I took, I believe it's called overcharge. Oh, that's a classic. Classic, but uh, this will just help, uh, you know, let Itis pump out more damage. I love overcharge. That's so good. Yeah, so I'm, I'm excited for this because uh, there are many times I found myself for the standard action and just not feeling very confident with what to do with it. And now I can just uh, keep trying to uh, put more effort into the drone, which is what Nikithi's really all about anyway. So <laughs> I, Nikithi just having more synergy now than ever before. So I'm excited for that aspect. Um, awesome. <laughs> pretty pretty simple there. Uh, let's go next to Drew Kaz. How y- you get a a class ability at uh, even levels as well, right? Yeah, I get a couple of things. So one thing that I get is a, another Vanguard discipline, which are the the sort of abilities that Vanguards can field in battle. Uh, but I I chose uh, one that just gives me improved initiative uh, now. So I have plus four to initiative, uh, which will be come in handy kind of quite a bit but one thing that uh, Kaz gets at this level is the his aspect embodiment so vanguards choose an aspect with at level one and I chose the reaction aspect and as uh, your vanguards abilities increase as your level goes up you get different things you can do so my embodiment allows me to uh, basically build an entropy point without having to take damage in combat uh, with the for the example the reaction uh, I have to be able to put a condition on an enemy and I get an, an entropy point as part of that uh, which would mm-hmm. hopefully pair very nicely with uh, dirty trick which is a part of the uh, the uh, combat maneuver that Kai has got at level one uh, which hadn't been able to land yet but with the increased bab at level four we'll yeah. see well I mean 
you know, dead or dying is a condition as well. <laughs> so, I mean, you uh, you knock someone out. Uh, that that counts, right? That's a very good point. Yeah, we, <laughs> we, we learned uh, very importantly in in the fight with Lieutenant Sharder that dying is a condition. <laughs> as per the rules. Uh, awesome. I can't wait to see. Well, with the, both of our playtest classes, just how they they kind of grow over time. Um, Talara, uh, Rebecca, can you tell us about our, our Witch Warper at level four? Yeah, yeah. level four doesn't have a whole lot of Witch Warper specific abilities, but I right. do get level two spells. Pretty major. Very <laughs> yeah. For some um, reason, I thought you got them at three, but there, that would have been too much cool stuff at level three. Yeah, for sure. But um, yeah, so level two spells, and I chose Summon Creature as one of my two level two spells. Um, and Summon Creature at level two is pretty awesome because I can summon one small creature or three tiny creatures. So I can have three wow. tiny demons pop up instead of just the one. So, so that's <laughs> six chances at a crit every round. It's, it's insane. It's uh, in in Pathfinder First Edition, the summon creatures that it did the same thing as you increased. You can cast multiple of like the lower level creatures, but it was random. It's like a D three or a D four of those creatures, so you could be you know wasting a high level spell to get one <laughs> small level creature. I much prefer this way, but it's insane. You just popping tokens out on the the battlefield <laughs> like you're. Uh, you're, you're playing Magic the Gathering. <laughs> it's like, I summon three demons to attack my opponent. Talara gets her own flanking buddies. Just <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. They, they're their own best friends. Even those those first level ones, like like we said, you, you get them in a flanking position. They roll a, a crit. It's bad news. Um, awesome. What, uh, do, you, do you want to talk about your other spell? You get a couple second level, right? Uh, yeah, I, um, I actually switched out my one of my first level spells, which was <laughs> Baleful Polymorph, which I haven't actually used, partly because it takes a round to cast, and I'd rather use that time to summon. And yeah. um, besides that, it just wasn't that exciting as a level one spell. But level two kind of beefs it up. Um, so oh. it might actually be worth the one round now. Oh, um, yeah. So it's a negative two um, penalty to a whole bunch of stuff. And then also on the second round, it increases to negative three if they if they fail to save. So pretty excited to see that um, in play. Yeah, yeah. It's it, uh, it's pretty powerful in that it can continue to get uh, worse on, on a previous round. Like even if um, uh, they, they get that negative condition at first, in, in total, you can be adding that to like all kinds of negatives that... I don't know when is throwing out or uh, bumfuzzle. We'll get to them in a moment, but uh, you guys, guys, I don't think you initially planned on the these higher level kind of synergies, but it's always interesting to see parties come together with them. Um, let's talk to Jabert next about bumfuzzle operative level four. Oh boy, this is the big one. This oh is boy. the big one. <laughs> what what's it do? Uh, so I pick up debilitating trick at this level. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> pretty exciting. So that means um, when I successfully do my trick attack, I can either uh, make them flat-footed, make the enemy flat-footed mm-hmm. to everybody now, not just to that one attack for me. Um, or I think off-target is the other one. Yep. 
Um, yep, so either making them easier to hit or harder to hit you. Yeah. And so, and you can get other operative exploits to sort of expand that list of things. Like at level six, you can get bleeding shot to make them take bleed damage. And it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's pretty class defining. Um, yeah. And for an operative exploit this level, I went ahead and picked up pistol whip. So uh-huh. <laughs> get ready for me to just be like whacking people with my gun. <laughs> So, so is the uh, uh, the combat knife, the survival knife, uh, going away for a while? <laughs> it's it's gonna go into my pocket for a little while. So I'll have a I'll have a free hand to do all my my good debility or all my good tricks. Is it uh, bludgeoning uh, damage with your? your yeah, I'll be whip? swapping. I'll be swapping slashing damage out for bludgeoning. And I mean, sort of one of the limitations is that you know you can't really. I don't know that you can really put a a fusion on that. <laughs> <laughs> in that way. <laughs> I don't see why not. All right. All right. Yeah. I, I, I mean, unless it's like a shooty fusion. <laughs> right. <laughs> that, that would make not a lot of sense. Yeah, could, I, could, I, could I put a melee fusion onto onto my gun if I'm hitting yes. with my gun? Yeah, you just scribe uh, it into the butt of the, the pistol. <laughs> <laughs> and you have to say kabonk when you hit people with it. Fair enough. Oh, or it doesn't count. <laughs> Uh, last but not least, let's get to Captain of the Phoenix's Respite, also known as Wen. Miles, what's happening with uh, with our favorite uplifted bear? So as part of the Stardite archetype, uh, at the fourth level, I get Challenge. Yeah, yeah, you do. Which is kind of like a personal, like, beefy get em. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it kind of but is. It's, but it's kind of casting get him on myself. <laughs> it is, yes, and it also doesn't it also provide a um, like a, a debuff if they attack someone else. Yes. Well, yes. So uh, basically, uh, as a champion of a knightly order, I can focus the uh, my fury and attention on a single foe, forcing it to face your wrath. As a full action, I can move uh, up to my speed and make a single attack. Yeah. But in addition to that, I can attempt to demoralize the foe as per the intimidate skill task. Yeah, so you, you add a intimidate on top of a move and an attack, which is already like great. Right, but if itself. I succeeded that check for the duration of the shaken effect, the target is also off target for any attack it makes that does not include me as a target. So once I use this ability against a foe, then I can't uh, use it for 24 hours. But when would that really ever come up? Uh, Yeah, I mean, this is, you know, this is the ability that you save for that Lieutenant Sharu or or what have you. If if you know that there's like a a big bad in, in, in a pile of of dudes and maybe you're not there in combat with them yet but you can send out that challenge and if they're attacking your boy Kaz or trying to make goblin paste out of bum puzzle uh that negative two um that off target is pretty 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 big i have a, a rules question about that is that mm-hmm. once per 24 hours for any enemy or is that once it's per for 24 hours for that one specific that enemy? one specific enemy yes Oh, that's even better. <laughs> yes. Um, now, my only question is, and because I haven't really used it, um, as far as how many rounds the shaken effect lasts? Um, it is. It works off the intimidate skill. So it is um, equal to the opponent's intimidate bonus plus 10 or 15 plus one and a half their CR, which is usually how it's going to go. Mm-hmm. And they are shaken for one round and one additional round for every five you beat that check by. So... 
gotcha. You don't, you don't want that intimidate skill bonus pumped up a little bit. But that's that's your your envoy ability, right? Yes. Your uh, expertise. Yes, uh, my expertise is intimidate. So, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, you can you can get that going for a while. In addition to that, they they are also shaken. Is that right? Yes, they are shaken. If if I uh, make the intimidate check, they're shaken. God. And they're off target if they make an attack on anyone that's not me. So that's a, what, a minus two? Yeah, well, in, in addition to <laughs> off target, if they attack someone else, they take a minus four penalty. So pretty pretty insane. Uh, nice nice ability that there are some of the alternate class features that you get through class archetypes. Um, we got to see some pretty awesome ones in season one on Edros, I thought. Mm-hmm. And I think this one synergizes pretty well with certain envoy builds uh, and I think you've you've kind of fallen into this one yeah it, it, it's, it's, it's nuts I don't know how often it'll come completely in like it would have helped in the Sharu fight when I was busy kind of defending Nikithi and everything yeah and she couldn't get to you to attack you she was right. 10 feet away so that that will be useful for something like, something like that but I mean a lot of times when I'm doing you know even if I'm 10 feet away and they have a gun it's it's the, unless I can soak up the damage, it's not quite as useful yeah. in that respect. <laughs> we'll see. We will see. Like I said, between those uh, debuffs and pump fuzzle, hitting people with trick attack and, and making them um, flat-footed, right? We Yep. Um, and I don't know all, all the, the crazy, evil, dirty tricks that cats can pull out uh, now. And if Talara <laughs> starts whipping out level two debuffs as well, I'm, I'm interested to see <laughs> how uh, how poorly you can make uh, my NPCs <laughs> if they're attacking you. Depends uh, on all your saves, Patrick. <laughs> I was about to say, depends on that. And um, I, I want to get to uh, I want to get to a point where uh, I'm about to quit the podcast because I, I roll a 20 and it is not a not a crit because it wouldn't beat your uh, your armor class you know if that happens I'll be I'll be very perturbed but I'll be be happy for you Felix. <laughs> um yeah that's that's level four your guys's PCs um there's some there's some interesting stuff there I was I was excited to get to level three but uh, those those odd levels are there's some good class stuff that happens um let's get back into the game so you guys um we are we're fast forwarding just a little bit to um Tamrin, Hashachir, and uh, <laughs> uh everyone uh, of you are kind of walking back through perhaps the, the the main concourse the promenade here and maybe discussing in common which not a lot of people can can understand here the ins and outs of, of what you're going to need to do um Tamrin is like uh first things first you'll need to to find a ship that is resupplying the prison moon. Thine vessels are are constantly coming to and fro. The moon of Galta produces nearly nothing on sight. I would suggest thine ask other merchants about this. I know some have dealt with the Aslantes in the past. The Glimshar pirates have looked into raiding the supply line, though. They are waiting on an opportunity to present itself Does not that does not provoke Star Empire retaliation. The Aslanti do not come to Outpost Zed unless they have a reason. So in order to attain a ship, you will need to lure it from its routes. Mm. Mm. What sorts of things would Good would an Aslanti ship want to deviate from its route for? What know. if... What if we used the Barazad's 
communicator communication information to fake a distress signal, get them off course to an area that would be more beneficial to us. That is possible. Um, if you have the computer know-how how to spoof signals from, from your own starship, it is possible. Um, I would still suggest that you have them come here to Outpost Z. If you were to engage them while out in open space, they might be more willing to enact their preservation protocols. <laughs> they, they often enact them instead of suffering the indignity of capture. It means that they go down with the ship and try to take out as many boarders with them as they can. If you were to lure them, though, to Outpost Zed and off of their vessel, we might save that entirely. Ah, yes, yes that, is a, that is a good idea. We could imply that their preservation protocols failed and that technology was taken off of the ship, therefore they need to reclaim it from Outpost said, where we spring our trap against them. These would not be Aslanti um, soldiers, but just citizens of the Star Empire themselves. I don't know if playing to their sense of duty to their homeland is what will get them here. They, ah. they are interested in making credits most of ah, a sale! A sale! We'll announce a sale! <laughs> that is possible. They will not, I imagine, they will not respond to any and all traitors' calls. They are very wary of Outpost Zed, and rightfully so. And uh, it has been shown in the past they will only respond to those traitors they have dealt with a prior, those they have a relationship with. Are there any such traitors here on Outpost Zed that you are aware of? Several, of course. Mm. Um, perhaps you've met some of them in the Furnace Marketplace already. Um, I do not know specifically, but um, who have you spoken with so far? Well, there was Tarb. Was that right? The Zarb? The Zarb. The Zarb. Ah, yes, the Zarb. The Zarb is a, it's a good dear friend now. Does he count? Really? <laughs> Dost thou consider the Zarb a friend? Oh, yeah, we go way back. We also traded with the Paralith. I don't think the Paralith knows anyone. <laughs> let's uh, let's fast forward it back to the the furnace marketplace. Who do you guys uh, who do you guys want to try and, and chat up first? Uh, I'm gonna go talk to my buddy the the screed the screed deep over here that I got along so well with. <laughs> Glest, <before>. yeah, <laughs> Glest, like Glest, yeah. If if you bring <laughs> anything like that up to uh, to Glest. I say, oh, Glesto, buddy, old pal, it's good to see you again. Hey, you know that thing we were talking about? Uh, it all worked out, and uh, you're a good friend, and I appreciate that. Hey, you don't happen to know any Aslantes, do you? God's <laughs> <laughs> like, what? No, I don't know any Aslantes. Who are you? Who sent you? I'm not part of, of, of them. I've never said anything. No, how, no way. I'm, I'm not ratting on, on no one. I... <laughs> Are you wearing a microphone? Are you talking to someone else right now? What is happening? Uh, they start closing up their shop, just like shoving uh, their little trinkets into like suitcases. And it's like, oh boy, look at the time. Stop just another shop. If you're um, a cop, you have to tell me. <laughs> you have to tell me if you're a cop. Uh, yeah, so Glest, no help. Um, All right. All right, well, um, Bumfuzzle slowly backs away from Glest. I'm <laughs> pretty I sure that Glest is, like, holding right now. 
<laughs> I want to talk to the Velociraptor-looking guy. <laughs> Velociraptor-looking guy? Yeah, yeah be more specific. Dinosaur uh, or Komodo dragon or something. Oh, yeah, that dude. guy. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like a Star Empire, um, a Keshti, uh, but maybe maybe a little taller. Uh, they, uh, well, it, if you're speaking of those Lancy to them, they speak very broken. They're like, me, me now, nobody. I don't know what you're talking. No talking is Lancy. Can I... Can I, are they are they lying? <laughs> uh, no, they they do not seem to to speak the language very well at the very least. Okay, so Talara awkwardly turns to the witch weird right next to her. <laughs> you just gotta go through every NPC <laughs> that I've populated in, in this place. Hey, better, 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 swing better. <laughs> That's it's possible. No, no, it is not impossible. It is impossible. I'm looking at my notes here. <laughs> But, uh, let, let's talk mainly. Let's talk mainly to some of these folks that we, we spoke to you in the previous episode. Uh, so that guy up in the top left corner, the the guy who's all mouth. What is what is that guy's name the again? Zarb. Oh, that's Zarb. The Zarb. That's the Zarb. Okay, I thought the yeah. Zarb was the uh, was the bear man. Um, that's when he's your captain and played by Miles, literally <laughs> for like 15, 16 episodes. Uh, not ringing a bell. Not this ringing a bell. Really awkward. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't think I've ever played with Miles before. This other guy is, uh, <laughs> described as a horse-like head, the Paralith. Yeah, a horse bear. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't think the Paralith is going to have any meaningful connections for us to take advantage right. of. No. <laughs> uh, Talmarin <laughs> says as much. Yeah, I, so I think Talara, the- Talara instead will just run up to the Zarb and like screaming. At- oh boy. Okay, guess what time it is, um, Rebecca? It's intimidate time. All right. Oh, I forgot that's something you're really good at. I'm decent at it. Intimidate the Zarb. Oh, that's Whoa. a natural You're really good at it. Wow. <laughs> Oh boy, oh boy. If you fail one of these, it like, it bites you. It, it like takes a chunk out of your arm. I'm waiting for you guys to do that. But as soon as you like uh, get fire and brimstone in your, your voice and maybe your eyes glow a little bit, this arm like kind of uh, uh, kneels backwards a little bit and then like huddles up and then like a, a cat fetal-like position. As like, <laughs> since, since, since we intimidated the Zarb again, do we get another discount? No. <laughs> uh, but you do get to influence him in, in whatever way you'd like. Hashichir can kind of, you know, cross, uh, translate for you. And yeah, it, he's completely kowtowed to, to your requests. And um, you can communicate that you want to send a, a signal through Zarb's like uh, specific back channel, like with his email address, as it were, to this this trading uh, uh, route, um, and uh, um, it's the the point of contact he has is like you know some random um, Aslanti pilot or captain's um, uh, drift address, like where they're you know communicating from through space um it doesn't tell you exactly the ship's information or or where they're they're coming from um but uh Talmarin suggests that the 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 glimshar pirates might have some info about that oh my good friends the glimshar pirates yeah no we <laughs> made all these these friendships and dominant and submissive relationships in the previous episode uh the zarb is like crying as it's like licking your boots right now <laughs> to Laura just like blah, blah, blah. 
<laughs> As it offers up its data pad. Oh, right. So you are able to send send a message out via their kind of trader uh, direct communication. Do you want to talk to the, the Glimshar pirates? Uh, yeah, to find out uh, where this ship in particular might be, right? Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, as you approach, once again, the captain of, of the pirates, they say, Ah, it is Talara of the ship, the Phoenix's respite, captained by Wynne of the Hexen Way. It is I, bright, bright crackle flickers dim of the Glimshar pirates. How may I be of service? Yeah, you won't be getting any credits off me this time. I'm just looking for some info. Can you help us figure out where the ship might be? Ah, it is a known trade route of a certain vessel of Aslanti design to the prison moon of Galta. In fact, we know of a very specific ship that is of Aslanti design that has this specific trade route to the prison moon of Galta. The ship known as the Relic is that very ship whose trade route I just mentioned. That is of the specific Aslanti designed and whose aforementioned route of trading passes right through this sector on the way to the prison moon of Galta. You've been very helpful. Would you care for me to transmit the approximate coordinates of this Aslanti designed ship? Yes, please. With a trade route with the prison moon of Galta upon it. (laughs) A ship that is called the Relic. Yeah, could you send those coordinates to Bumfuzzle? Uh, yeah, they, their pilot can kind of like tap out uh, something on their, their data pad towards you. What do they? Oh, goodness. Why is this email so long? It's so long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like a, a flash presentation is like the, the return address. <laughs> it looks like little fireworks going off. The ship passes through the sector tomorrow. I suggest that you ready yourself for whatever play it is you are aiming to make to Lara of the ship, the Phoenix's Respite, captained by Wynn of the Hexen Way. You up for helping us snag a ship? We have our own plans that we will enact against the Aslanti Empire, for which we cannot say, but we will be in touch. All right, you're lost. It's gonna be fun. <laughs> it it its laughter is just like it uh, glowing and, and dimming very quickly. <laughs> yeah, in uh, identifying the the relic as a suitable ship in its shipping schedule, uh, you get another 600 XP right there. 1200 so far this episode. Oh yeah, baby. Right, so you want to um, submit some kind of like contract or a sale going on here. Uh, the, the the merchants uh, in Outpost said from some Zarb's transmission. Yeah, like free mithril. <laughs> what? Like, oh my! When you, when, you spend, when you spend 1,000 credits or more, free yeah. mithril. Uh, it, it's actually a video that comes up on their, da- uh, their data pad that says, Billy Mays here with a special Aslanti offer. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Just fill out this survey and you can get free credits. You win an iPad. Uh, yeah, so this will not require, like, basically um, uh, a extremely difficult computers check. 
But if you want to give me one just to like write up the message, um, this is the kind of thing that can, I mean, you're not really falsifying documents, um, but you are, you know. Is that not a bluff check? Um, yeah, to craft the message if you want. Um, this one, it it won't really raise too many eyebrows if it's coming from Zarb. Um, but yeah, no, if, if you want to craft it together, who's got the best bluff here? I have 13. I've got eight, so I can I can just sort of like stand over your shoulder and and uh, make make suggestions. Fix good goblin in. syntax and <laughs> you forgot to dot the eye. I've got a uh, bluff check of nine. Right. So do you guys want to aid um, Rebecca? Yeah. 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 That's an aid. We got an aid. <laughs> uh, 15, a 22. Rebecca, do you got another rock in you? Another <laughs> natural I hope so. Oh boy, she does. That's a 32. <laughs> <laughs> 19 on the dice, uh, 36 in total. Yeah. Um, uh, let's. Uh, I'm just gonna roll this in public in case anyone ever is like, this doesn't sound like Zarb. <laughs> I've rolled a seven on the dice. They they believe that uh, you you've just captured the essence of Zarb, who's like <laughs> free stuff on Ampusad. <laughs> Come get it. Why do I feel like the Zarb speaks like a Pokemon? Like, <laughs> Zarb, 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 Zarb. I don't know, but man, it is like one of my favorite alien designs in the entire game. <laughs> it's life. so great. Uh, come on, Paizo. Playable Zarb race AP5. I would, I, would love it. I would love it if it was just like, this is a race that cannot speak, cannot speak, can only growl. <laughs> I, I would be playing them pretty, uh, pretty tone deaf, um, pretty, pretty growly. <laughs> Let's yeah. put it that way. Uh, right, so you can send that message out, and and you're you're trying to get them to Outpost Z. Where where do you guys what do you guys want to do in the meantime? You've got the got some time before they respond or before they're inbound. I think Talara would like to uh, get a weapon in mm-hmm. the meantime. Yeah, last week you gave. Well, the Paralyph took your pistol and gave you another, but then you traded that with Bumfuzzle for a, what, a magical ring? A ring of resistance, yeah. Yeah, pretty pretty nice. They're, they're both pretty expensive items. but Actually, uh, is the is the Paralyph still around here? The Paralyph is, yeah, Paralyph's in the, in the, in the marketplace. It's like uh, up here on the north side. I need to look up a skill real quick. I'm thinking about getting Talara a weapon. Y'all, I'm kind of tempted to um, gamble some more. Yeah, let's do it. I'm (laughs) so excited. Is this when we find out Rebecca's real gambling addiction on the podcast? Because that's going to turn the episode dark. I I think we would also want to to play. This is is why Drew, Drew and Rebecca have only been to Vegas once. <laughs> uh, they just uh, opened up a new casino, like uh, in my backyard, basically. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus. Oh no! Uh, just oh, no. This, this last month, uh, it's time to bet the farm. Everyone. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Sort of hang out inconspicuously near the parallel. And uh, if you guys don't do well at gambling, uh, I'm gonna do some gambling of my own <laughs> with your life, with some sticky, sticky fingers. <laughs> oh boy! Oh no! Oh, I like it. Well, this, this takes hours to 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 play some cards. Do you want to wait around them, or do you want to uh, just just wait till the parallel falls asleep? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, uh, that's actually not a bad idea. I'm just going to sort of like, you know, browse around and like sort of pretend to uh, sleep in the corner. 
uh, and then <laughs> watch him uh, surreptitiously. Already, uh, because you, you've made some friends with the Glimshar pirates, they they've lowered their uh, entry barrier to 500 credits. I'm, I'm guessing you guys have hopefully at least that many uh, win to Lara. I do. Yes, I, I should. Yeah. How much do you want to bet? It has to be at least 500, right? Yeah. Okay. Do uh, multiples, 500. Multiples of 100 after that. Um, trying to look see how much how many credits I have. <laughs> <laughs> Emptying out bear pockets. Like this folds. is so stupid because I have such terrible sense motive. I have like zero in sense motive. Uh, I, I'll bet uh 600 credits. Okay, going going big again. Um, alrighty. So uh. As I said, we're, we're taking some of the, the gambling rules from uh, book three of Dawn of Flame, which I'm, I'm playing through right now. It's a ton of fun. You know, when we get time on the podcast, I would love to play it with you or just play it with you guys not recording. <laughs> it's Adventures on the Sun. I don't know what else uh, needs to be sold. It's about to wrap up this this month. Uh, book six is coming out. But book three, some great rules for spoilers. There's a casino in in the game. Thank you, um, thank you, uh, Joe Pisces. Yeah, is it fun? Fact, is it, fun fact that came out of PaizoCon about uh, this book and Joe Pisini, the the writer. Uh, he wanted to include an encounter that was kind of an homage and based off of the "Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes." Uh, <laughs> yeah. If anybody's ever heard played yeah. that or heard that uh yeah he was going to include something like that in the ap where you know there was a, somebody handling a bomb the people who had the codex uh <laughs> it didn't make it into the final thing but it was a really cool thing that i got to hear him talk about um so what are the skills for for gambling again is it bluff sense motive and there's one other right for this one intimidate is yeah um Bluff, intimidate, and sense motive, and you guys can. I mean, we could do them in any order. It doesn't really matter. The, this kind of uh, the skill checks represent hours of play as you kind of like maybe learn some of your players, uh, your, your opponent players' weaknesses and, and things like that. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and sidle up to this table and put down my 500 credits too. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Uh, Patrick, is there any way Idis can help Tolara cheat in the sense motive department? Um, is she writing Idis? Like, how would that no, work? No, I mean, like, like, what if Idis was behind one of the, the Glimshar pirates and just was like <laughs> waving, uh, uh, like waving some of the tendrils. Uh, <laughs> her, her tendrils start like vibrating. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, like, like, oh, you should fold. This one's a good hand. Or, or like, Idis's camera feed just communicates with Talara's communications equipment in her helmet or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'll, I'll allow it. I'll, I'll allow um, Idis to potentially aid if, uh, if they're able to roll higher than um, than Talara. Uh, let, let's get some rolls. I've got uh, Bumfuzzle win and Talara down for uh, 500 each. Uh, win for six. Now, you can make back a certain amount of, of this money um i think the most you can do is double it um right let me double check that uh yeah yeah so you, you can you can double your money here after a certain amount of time uh let's start with let's start with the sense motive check so so all four of you including i just can can roll this oh no <laughs> me too <laughs> oh geez okay well everyone super failed except for bum fuzzle <laughs> 27 <laughs> bum uh is pretty good now mind you these are cumulative over the the three rolls 
and gives you different modifiers for each one. I'm not going to lie. Uh, Winantilar. That's a, that's a bad one with a, like a three and a four on the dice. Um, and let's go next on to the Intimidate check. Okay. Oh, and I just might have helped out a little bit, but uh, not enough to get, to get to Lara into another like bracket with a, a three. What do we got for Intimidate? Ooh, a good one from Talara, 26. That's uh, 20 from Win. Miles, don't forget about your blo- uh, expertise oh, yeah. die. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. Expertise die, so that is a uh, 26. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, that'll, that'll help. Thank you, Drew. Uh, and I had a 16 on my Intimidate. Okay, so not great on that one, but you're still kind of ahead as far as from that first one. Uh, basically, after a couple hours, it looks like maybe Bumfuzzle's got like um, a, a slightly larger uh, chit stack, and and Win and Talara are uh, have like <laughs> made no headway. Uh, and the final roll is going to be bluff. All right, bluffing your way to the finish line. Ah, ah. Oh no! 18, 16, 16. That's not ideal. Nope, oh, nope. Five. That was terrible. <sighs> Spend him 500 more. Let's do this. <laughs> We're uh, spending all day here, folks. I'm trying to decide if I should just go ahead and use my this book's re-roll. <laughs> <laughs> what a dumb thing to do, Jabert. Are you kidding me? It's I'm all not- my money. It's all my money, Miles. I'm We're sorry, at level- money bags. <laughs> We're at level... I'm sorry, uh, I'm sorry, Mr. Mr. I found all the weapons on the ship. <laughs> <laughs> We're at level four, which means we're kind of halfway through um, this this AP. It goes to... You know, you'll get up to level five before the end of it, so... Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna hang on to mine. Okay, hang on to my reroll. Let's see what happens here. Give me one second. Yes, I do math. It's gonna go much different. <laughs> <laughs> I've thought that twice now. <laughs> this is like when I when I actually gamble. See, yeah, you guys <laughs> realize you're thinking like gamblers. I thought I was going to win. Uh. <laughs> I, know, I was I was looking at the uh, I was looking at the skills that it was using, and I was like. I've got some some okay bonuses in those. <laughs> Surely this will go well for me. You guys, uh, you guys Nikki. ready to settle up? <laughs> let's see. Yeah, let's let's see let's see where we're standing here. Uh, right. So it it looked like Bumfuzzle might have been uh, doing well, but then at the very end, <laughs> you just like, oh boy, I've got the best cards, <laughs> and uh, perhaps overstate your hand. Uh, you break even. You get back Already. what you've put in, but you, you don't lose anything. You don't make anything. When Talara, do we want the who wants the good news? Who wants the bad news? Who, who do you think who do you think is coming out on top between the two of you? Uh, probably Talara. Talara, Rebecca, what do you think? I guess me. Unfortunately, no. Talara, you lose another three hundred credit. Oh or no, no. two hundred fifty half of half of your your stake. <laughs> and when coming out on top, you gain. 300. From what? Your I learned nothing. Let's go gambling. <laughs> <laughs> sorry to, to say it. So each each round, depending on what you roll, you get a, a modifier for your original investment of either one, one half, or negative one, or negative one half, and then you add those up at the end. That's sick. Um, if we uh, average you guys together, you would, uh, you have lost money, but, um, right? No, no, because you, you broke even, Bumfuzzle. Yeah, he broke yeah. even. But amongst the three of you, you kind of uh, came out ahead like 50 credits. If yeah. you're looking at that. But. Uh, while they're gambling, uh, 
I think it would it be would it be possible if you know Nikithi asked uh, Kaz to to walk with him through part of the station? Yeah, sure. Uh, by the way, I have not given up on wanting to pickpocket this uh, <laughs> this giant blue horse <laughs> that Paraleth has moved Paraleth. on since you've been gambling away for uh, hours on end. Uh, yes, perhaps to return tomorrow. Who knows? The Paraleth is an enigma wrapped in a mystery, wrapped. A giant blue horse head. So Nikita and Kaz are walking through the market, and you know, I think Nikita would probably wait until there is a, you know, maybe they are in a quieter spot. And as he's kind of looking off in the distance, he would probably say, uh, "So you are well aware of the consequences of Tom Rin's discussion about needing as Lanty heritage to gain access to parts of the prison." If what you think about my heritage is true, it will prove beneficial to us. So why should we not take advantage of it? I may not have any memories of what you think of me, but it could aid us in freeing Sedona and the other captives. I agree, but you have not broached the topic with either Bumfuzzle or Wynn, and Talara has her suspicions as well. If I can advise you just a little, one time, sooner or later, you are going to have to tell everyone your particular situation and finding out in the middle of a prison deep in enemy territory might not be the best way to reveal it to the rest of the crew. You understand you are asking me to embrace something that I hate. These people who took everything from me, who took who I was. I cannot forgive what that means. I cannot forgive what that is. And you ask me to take that on and to proudly proclaim this, this, this curse. No, I'll use it to our advantage, but I will never. I, uh, I suppose I must honor your decision, but I only hope that your decision does not lose you the friendship of some of your current comrades. I would hope at this point that when we have faced life and death together, that that would matter more than what you claim me to be. But we shall see. Indeed we shall. And they continue to walk through the station. Hours after they're done gambling, uh, you guys want to head back to the ship, rest up, uh, wait there again for day three on Outpost Z? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, I don't think Nikiti has any other pressing business here. Right, right. So no, no one's suffering from from debilitating poison, sadly. Uh, no one's been bitten or attacked by any <laughs> uh, uh, merchants uh, yet. We'll, be, we'll see what the, the future holds. Yeah, Ka- yeah. Kaz has been practicing uh, languages, but he's got Draelic tongue, so he should probably take a break. Mm. <laughs> oh, that's that's a gross broccoli tongue. That's what they call it. <laughs> uh, and the space talks. The broccoli tongue. Gotcha. Uh, all right, so let, let's fast forward to the next day. Where do you want to try to encounter these Yazeslanti? They are coming aboard Outpost Zed. You've kind of got the, the lay of the land. You've explored almost all of the, the public uh, accessible areas here. Is there a, an empty docking bay that we think they might use? I mean, it's a really narrow corridor, the one that you um, you kind of came down um, um, until it gets to this larger entrance here um, in, in the, the south part of this map. Um, Talmarin suggests perhaps the the, the concourse, the, uh, the area on the far uh, eastern side. Is that this area over here as I'm clicking on the map? Yeah, it has like 
old tracks from where they used to like shuttle the um, these carts that you've seen all around the the station between the the furnace and kind of like the the greater works of the uh, the station um, and uh, she can you know try and clear out some of the aliens uh, beforehand uh, to give you like unfettered shots if if need be but um, uh, Tamarin takes you aside uh, when and says you know uh, if if need be you might be able to uh, subjugate these Aslanti through a great show of force or how can I put this a show of your claws <laughs> you are uh, um, perhaps able to, to uh, lead them to believe that they will be left alive oh there are places that we can uh, keep them away from comms here on the station uh, and keep them alive while you take their vessel if that is something of interest to you and your crew can ah, ah yes yes I have binders and I pull them out and I just like throw them up in the air and like shower myself with binders <laughs> yeah so do you want to set up here in the track corridor this area to the the east yeah um because I think Wim would say um yes if, if we can avoid any bloodshed that would be preferable mm-hmm. uh, so it's it's a pretty good ambush spot like once they they make it about halfway through uh, this tunnel going to the the furnace marketplace there's not a lot of places to escape if you can uh, kind of sandwich them in. So so place yourselves here um, in, in the corridor where, where you'd like to be. Maybe describe where you are. You know, Nikithi's always as far in the back as he can. He'll, he'll hang he'll hang out next to uh, Hashashir. One will yes. probably uh, be up front with, with Kaz, so the first thing they can see is big old blue bear. So, so I'm thinking, don't we want them to pass by us on their way to see Zarb or whatever his name is, and we like sneak out of one of these hallways and like ambush them from behind or something? Is that? Yeah, I, I think I think pinning them in is a good idea. There, yeah. there are three of these kind of connector hallways from the promenade to the the track corridor. You can kind of try and funnel them into that uh, that middle one, and you guys hide in the other two. Okay. Right, so Talmarin is it's not going to be involved in the fighting, but she offers to kind of play lookout in the pipes above the, the docking area and is able to give you, like, a, a quick transmission via comms, just like, Eagle has landeth in the bay. And it, it's a few minutes later, perhaps there's, like, a um, another uh, signal sent to, to Zarb's communications device. Um, you know, like, we're on our way, like, have the goods ready or something very curt like that. And you guys, uh, whoever is kind of peeking out uh, around the corner, it looks like Bumfuzzle, you're, you're in this, like, middle uh, area here, right? Yeah, if, if we can get them to walk into this middle area, I'm going to step out and block their path. Before okay, we well, begin, I have a question. Yeah, what, yeah. I also have a question. What where, is an eagle? Oh, it's a bird. <laughs> uh, okay, I have a real question. <laughs> <laughs> um, wait, so where are we expecting them to come from? Can you mark that somewhere for me? So they're coming from where you came from, the, the southern entrance to the, the promenade. And oh. North. So oh. you're in the, the worst possible position in the middle. <laughs> oh, I see. Okay, oh, sorry. I thought they were coming from, like... Like over here, and I was like, I was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get them when they come up through. No, <laughs> no. There, there are these three kind of ten foot wide 
uh, sections leading from the promenade to the track corridor. Uh, you guys are set up in the, the northern and southernmost one, and there's one in the middle that uh, you expect them as it's wide open. There's nobody kind of like uh, set up in them. Sorry, can, sorry, can, can you, can we mark? Sorry, are you talking about this right here? Yes. <laughs> okay. Do, do you see where Wynn and, uh, and Kaz are? Those are the, the north and the, the south ones. Okay, so we're expecting them to come like this direction, though, right? Opposite direction. Other way. They're going to come up. I see. I see what's happening. Okay. They're parking their ship and then coming inside and then going into the corridor. Because they're they're going to go up to the the market area. I see. Okay. Because that's where the sale is. That's maybe, where the sale is, yeah. Maybe it's, maybe it's good that we spell this out for our, our listeners who, who aren't here to see this. In the middle of the station is, is the promenade, and then to the right side of it is where is this long track quarter, like over 100 feet long with what looks like kind of like a mine track on it. And there's three hallways separating them, about 15 foot long, um, 15 feet apart from one another. And you guys have set up in hallway number one, hallway number three, and you're gonna try and force them through number two. And I'm just gonna fast forward us to that because I can't explain this hallway anymore. Before we do that, I have one question. What? I swear if it's about birds, Drew. It's not. It's not. This is a legit. This is a I legit will, question. I will hang up uh, right now. What? What are the uh, heights of the ceiling in this uh, section? Uh, that's actually something that is. Uh, specifically said in the AP, so I can give you an answer about that for the corridor. I think I described it about uh, 20 foot tall. So we're, we're going to say the, the track corridor is kind of similar. It's, it's just, you know, uh, it, it's as large as the doors connecting it to the, the furnace marketplace, large enough to get these large carts full of kind of like slag material through uh, decades ago when this place was operational. Um, so yeah, about 20 foot tall. Awesome, thank you. Um, uh, right, so they're they're coming through. You, you've got the the signal from Talmren, and they indeed turn the corner, and you can see uh, what looks like uh, four uh, humans. Uh, they are in kind of very very non embellished kind of flight gear. Um, you see one in maybe a, a flight suit and some different um, svelte armor uh, underneath their their um, clothing. Um, and they are they are making their way north. Who, who's uh, who's moving out first to to stop them? I guess Wynn would. Mm-hmm. What does Wynn want to do? Uh, let's try to intimidate them. Well, did you guys want to uh, to help Wynn? You know uh, we do. Yeah, uh, Bumfuzzle's gonna run around and block their exit. Hmm. Okay. And- you want to like get their attention somehow, <laughs> Bumfuzzle? We'll go through these one by one. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm sort of coming around, like flicking the knife up and like flipping it up in the air and catching it, so they can <laughs> hear like the pat, pat, pat of me like catching my knife. Oh, you came to the wrong pronkin neighborhood. Oh, this is the wrong sale, friends. <laughs> um, make me make me that aid check first. Oh yes. Yeah, I catch the knife real good. I look real smooth. <laughs> Cha-cha real smooth. Uh, who Who's next? Uh, Kaz is going to use his jump jets to land right behind this uh, most southern Aslanti mm-hmm. and uh, and make a loud, like, recruity screech that he's learned <laughs> while he's been here. Okay. Make, make an intimidate check. It's a 17. Also aided. Also indeed. Um, ha- mm-hmm. Can... 
Can I just try something before all the intimidates go off? Mm, we're already in the thick of it. <laughs> so no. What what were you yeah. gonna try to do? Uh I loaded in I I forgot the rules of charm person, but <laughs> she had charm person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's uh that ship has sailed, <laughs> you weirdo. Uh, My bad fam. Does Zydas have uh, Intimidate? Nope. Well, you're not helping at all, Talara. Talara is going to jump out into the hallway opposite Wen and use infinite worlds to make the uh, the the boards and, and metal beneath their feet just break apart. And she's going to put on her mean face and be like, don't make me do worse. Oh, geez. Uh, make an Intimidate check with a little bonus. You're, you're using 23. Oh, yeah. We'll call that a 25. Uh, almost in, very intimidating by yourselves, but you guys are aiding your captain now. Oh, sweet, sweet. Miles, what have you rolled here? Let's see. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, my God. Miles, you. I. Uh, yes, it's my fault that I rolled a natural one. Oh, boy. <laughs> that sucks. Miles. You have a re-roll, buddy. Come on. I'm not going to use my re-roll on an intimidation check. <laughs> What's an intimidation check to potentially, possibly skip this combat if you're able to get them to stand down? Is that worth uh, it? What would Wynn do? Oh, boy. Uh, I imagine uh, Wynn rears back to, like, roar, and then just a tiny little squeak of a toot comes out. <laughs> <laughs> Like as he's breathing in, he just like yeah. <laughs> yeah no, Miles, describe your failure here, unless you're you're using that reroll. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's only book one of this AP. Well, no, it's we're halfway through book two. I mean, yeah, sorry, it's book two. And oh, no one's used true. their no one's used their yeah. Re-roll. I'll I'll do my reroll. Oh, yes. what a hero! What a hero! I believe Miles. That's a sixteen plus sixteen plus six so far. Oops. <laughs> 16. Uh, so it's 17. I don't know why it rolled twice. Uh, I don't know why either. A 17 plus six, uh, often called a 23. Yeah. Yeah. That is not enough. Oh, man. oh no. Oh, no. I need everyone. I hate this game so much. Oh. I need everyone to roll initiative right now. We're in oh, combat. Oh, beans. DC 25. Oh, so close. Oh, my gosh. Talara had it. <laughs> Talara had it basically by herself. Oh, now I roll a 21. Awesome. <laughs> this game. I hate this game so much. <laughs> I, I am it's, ready for this to be over. It's really only the best game ever. So. Oh, man. All right. First reroll of book two. Sadly not. Wasted. Gonna, sadly not going to do. Yeah. Uh, but you guys get to uh, play around with your level four attack stuff. Great. Alrighty, let's get into it. Uh, you guys have intimidated these folks, uh, and as soon as wind comes up, uh, I mean, maybe they're so scared they just immediately go into combat stance. That's what's happened, <laughs> and they they start pulling out weapons. Uh, Bumfuzzle, you're at the the top here. You see them go for weapons. Um, this one immediately in front of you uh, looks to be in a little higher tech armor, and you see them pull out what looks like a an arc pistol, like an Aslanti arc pistol. Mm. Uh, you're you're first in the turn order. What would you like to do? Uh, I'm going to I'm going to uh, activate a button that's on my um, on my glove. It's gonna flick out my 
flick out my new gun suddenly, surprise him, because he didn't expect me to have a gun. He thought I just had a knife. <laughs> you foolish fool. Foolish fool, you've fallen for my clever ploy. And, uh, uh, yeah, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna take a shot at this guy. All right, yeah, ten feet away. Go ahead and make that trick attack slash shot. All right, flat-footed. Oh, CR three or lower. That's a low roll. So this is indeed the captain of the relic, this vessel. That is enough, though. Oh, nice. Okay, so he is flat-footed uh, for the next round. Hmm. And well, you have to hit as well. Is this what'd you roll here? Fifteen. Uh, yeah. 15 against EAC. Oh, that's a hit. Oh, yes. Nice. Okay. So that'll be seven points of damage. Now, are you making it them flat-footed with your debilitating trick to everyone? Uh, yes. Yes, I am. Alrighty. So I'm going to mark that on our, our token for, for this guy. I'm sure this will come up a great deal with this AP. Little skull and crossbones in roll 20. How much damage did you do? Uh, seven points. Ouch, okay. Okay, I see what you did here. Oh, yeah, that you rolled one on the, the D8 for the additional damage. Gotcha. Uh, already, that is a bumfuzzle. Next is Kaz, and you've moved right up to this one on the south here who has, uh, since you've moved right next to them, they've pulled out what looks like a giant um, spanner, like a huge um, mechanics wrench. Kaz, Kaz is going to attempt to make a series of strikes against this person uh, to contact some pressure points in a dirty trick. It's a 15 against KAC. <laughs> uh, n- no, no, that's not going to be enough because it's KAC plus four, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, that's not going to be enough. Sorry, Drew. Uh, do one you have day, a, one um, day. Do you have a move action you want to do? Uh, yeah, I, Kaz will take a uh, five-foot step right just slightly it's in. I, it's difficult terrain i don't think you can do that okay good point uh kaz is going to stay right where he is then oh this you've drawn it out rebecca for for your friend's safety yeah that's the no that's the infinite worlds um yeah. It, it's yeah. difficult terrain yeah. right now makes sense so but you can you can take a move action it would provoke though uh no uh, kaz is going to hang tight because uh uh, unless you want to let me take a, 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 a full action as a, a an attack in addition to that, but I don't think you'll let me. Do that. Unfortunately, no, not for the not for your your trick attacks. That's got to be a standard action, as we've uh, learned from our astute fans in book one of this podcast. Uh, next in the turn order is going to be Win. All right, so uh, the first thing Win's going to do is put the old get him on the Aslanti that's right in front of him. Okay, so it's uh, another what looks like a mechanic uh, here right in front of you. And, and because you've moved right up on top of them, they've also pulled out um, what looks like a, a huge wrench. A wrench? Okay. Yeah, uh, going to throw a wrench in your guys' plans of stealing the ship. Uh, and he is going to try to jam him with his trident. All right, trend attack time. Oh. 19, it was almost a one. I saw that. <laughs> it looked like it was going to be. I was like, oh, we're going to I would have been. That was fantastic. Insane. 3D dice are the best thing in World 20. Oh, God. Uh, but oh. a 19 is going to do it. That's a hit. Yes, yeah, uh, nine points of damage. Oh, jeez, Louise. Okay. All right. That's a lot. <laughs> off the bat on this first one. And yeah, they're not. That one's not looking too good. <laughs> 
uh, after one attack. Uh, Talara, you're next. Um, about ten feet away from this melee going on in front of your captain. Uh, what what do you want to do, Rebecca? I am going to uh, start a summon. This is going to be a second level summon. <laughs> okay. Well, that's, that's the worst idea I've ever heard because uh, next in the turn order is indeed the soldiers. Nice. Okay. Yeah, this one's definitely just going to step, going to take their move action to step outside of your summon the infinite worlds and is going to try and make a shot at you with a very small laser pistol. Try and disrupt whatever horrific magics you're envisaging upon their uh, your crewmates here. Let me make this attack roll first. Oh, natural one on the dice, so. Yes! Hooray! <laughs> That's not gonna happen. That's not. Uh, that's not how I want to start this turn. Hold me uh, I don't want to hear it. Demon. I just did not want this demon to, to come into existence so bad. Uh, okay, the one in front of Win is just gonna. Try, uh, gonna try and double attack Win. Gonna try. That's that's the main uh, keyword here. So two d20s, two attacks come at you, Miles. Another one on one. All oh, right, that's what I like to see. <laughs> wow. Yes. And this other other attack is a ten on the dice, which I can tell you is a miss against this is KAC attack. So let's just go ahead and pretend like that didn't happen. Um, when just kind of like, like doing one of those like hula moves where he's like. Hoo, hoo, hoo. <laughs> uh, he's like reporting back to his captain. It's like, they're, they're, they're very strong. What do we do? What do we do? You hear them in his kind of shouting to one another. Uh, so this one's just going to make a single attack against Kaz. He's your very, very lithe. A seven on the dice. Drew, what's your KAC? Uh, Kaz's KAC is 17. They're, they're much better with their pistol. I don't know what I'm doing here. <laughs> that is a miss. Uh, something on the dice, and we're on to Nikiti's turn. Hi, right, Patrick. Which I, one of these? Which one of these folks look like the leader? Uh, so it looks to you like the one, yeah, here that uh, Bumfuzzle just shot is. They seem, um, you know, the the other three seem to be taking orders from them. You hear them like shout outs, like, uh, "Don't don't let yourself get surrounded." In his lanty. That guy's gonna, or that individual's gonna have to make me a will say. At a plus you, five bonus. What are you doing? Charm person. We're gonna try it now, because no, Bronke. Okay. <laughs> you could roll a one. You could roll a one. It doesn't well, matter. At, statistically, uh, I hope I don't. <laughs> so, uh, how, how are you uh, able to cast this? Oh, uh, he slotted that gem into Idis's spell thrower. So it's actually Idis that's doing the casting via the uh, spell thrower fusion in Excellent. one of her weapons. But uh, so she's doing the full action to cast this. Depending on its result, Nikiti may step in. Is this indeed a, a like a once per day for this uh, this fusion for the slotted spell gem? Oh, well, I mean, it just consumes the spell. Oh, Jim. okay. All right. So, wow, this is a, a one and done. Or let's see if this, yep. let me roll a d20. Not too often you get to see these. Oh, maybe. Could it be? Four on the dice. What's the DC? So the DC is, I I, I'm, I believe mm -hmm. the, the DC, should, well, I mean, normally the DC for spells is 10 spell level. Yeah, but that's not the case. Potterfire. Spell thrower fusion. Correct. Right. Pretty. DC is equal to the spell gem's item level plus one. So that means 12. Item level of the gem? Yes. And it's a level one, I believe, charm 
person is a level one. Yeah, so not not based off of whoever's uh, using its um, wisdom or, or charisma modifier. Yeah, it's just the level of the spell gem. This is a level one spell gem plus one, so it's going to be ten plus two, so twelve. Uh, and, and now they get a bonus to this because you're shooting them in the face, correct? Well, my allies are threatening them, so they do get a plus five bonus. So they're already at nine. Mm-hmm. They have beaten the DC with four on the dice. Uh, dang. Yeah. That plus, five, I, that plus five bonus, give it to them. I had to roll a one to, to fail. Unfortunately, fail that, yeah. It was worth a shot. Uh, a little uh, shot. <laughs> Nikithi's going to double move closer to Idis, and uh, that will end his turn. Or single move. I'm sorry, single move. Yeah, you're, you're only about uh, 20 feet away, right? Yeah. Um, let's see here. Uh, so this is going to the, the captain of the relic's turn, and they're going to... Ooh, they don't have a lot of, a lot of places they can get away from. Um, maybe, they're, maybe they're not looking but they're going to try and double attack against bumfuzzle and win can make an attack of opportunity because you've got your reddit trident out all right and he will he's he sees uh this guy going for bumfuzzle he's he when the other guy missed so badly he found an opportunity just to jab the captain (laughs) you skewer them both like a kebab (laughs) yeah uh that is a 17 to hit uh that is a you're against kc right Yep, that's a hit. Awesome for eight points of damage. Oh boy, they're eight here on top of the seven. Did okay. Yeah, now the, c- the captain's not looking too good, but I'm gonna, t- I'm gonna try my two shots against a bum fuzzle. Let's get this going here. Two dice coming at you. Ooh, there's Ooh. some good rolls. Oh Dang. no, the opposites oh, no. are happening now. Uh, so a fifteen on the first attack uh, minus four. I believe that. First one's a hit, and the second one is a natural 20. Oh, that's going to be a crit. A big old crit. Bumfuzzle. Bumfuzzle was doing fine, right? You, you have two days of rest from the Odhio fight. Yeah, yeah. I'm okay. doing I'm doing okay. All right. You guys, you guys have had some time to rest. Um, Still, let's... Patrick, you need to call somebody out. Oh, boy. I've It's been so long since I've crit, I feel. Book one was my time to shine, and book two, it's all you guys. Um, if you guys want to support us on Patreon, the uh, fancy Marmalaw level or above, uh, you can get shout-outs here on the podcast. I think I'm just going to shout-out one of maybe one of our Dragon Masters who hasn't been shouted out upon in a while. That's our, our good friend, Odin, a.k.a. Cosmic, who's also um, the uh, Venture Lieutenant, I believe, in charge of our SFS, our Starfinder Society Lodge on the Crittermander Discord. Uh, Odin, whenever you listen to this, we love you, guy. Thanks so much for your support and for enabling me to to crit uh, Bumfuzzle right now. Oh. <laughs> I don't want to see this damage. It won't. It'll be okay, buddy. Yeah, so it has, it has a special critical ability. This is indeed a static arc pistol. The the arc though I believe is, is to like friendly targets mm-hmm. within ten feet of you. You wisely are being a loner by yourself, so like <laughs> it, it blasts off into the corner, um, kind of like scorches the walls of outpost said. Uh, but let me do the first damage for the regular attack here. This is a D6, and it is ten points of electricity damage. Mm-hmm. Second attack, we'll we'll double that up. Oh, 
boy, 18 points of electricity damage. Oh boy, that's all my stamina. Oh boy, we're getting into combat here. Uh, that's that is all of turn one. Uh, in turn two, we're back to you, Bumfuzzle. Getting getting shocked. All right, and this guy's right up on me now, right? No, it's uh, ten feet away, or yeah, five feet away from me. So. Oh, okay, he didn't move in. No, he was shooting at you. All right. Uh, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna move back and get behind cover and uh, and take a shot at this guy. And I'm gonna just throw a little disc down the hallway at him, and it just sort of like sticks in the jelly of the uh, of the uh, infinite worlds. And um, when it does, it sort of turns up on its side, and a little like smoky flash bomb goes off. And then I shoot him with my gun. That's usually what follows the trick attack. Oh no! Is he CR oh, 13 or lower? Oh my god. Uh, as always, a natural 20 on the trick attack will do it, but yeah. Oh no, sorry. That's not a natural 20 on the. Oh. Isn't it? I don't believe so. No, my uh, my engineering oh, oh. is. You've rolled Let's... a thirty-three. I'm I'm seeing it's thirty. <laughs> Your macro is thirty-three minus twenty. Sorry about that, but yeah, still sure. very very high when you roll here. Uh, uh, so if he's CR thirteen or lower, he's gonna be flat-footed one more time, and my attack is uh, twenty-three versus EAC. Yeah, dude, he's like way flat-footed. Yeah, super flat-footed. Yeah, sixteen points of damage. Oh my goodness Ooh, that's 16. almost your your max on the trick attack right that's darn close all right with that you blow a giant hole through the captain's shoulder and they go down they go yes. down hey, i got up one turn with them and a 20 okay. so and i look at him and i say you're flat-footed <laughs> <laughs> you're flat-footed on the ground dead you you're also you're also flat-backed and flat-armed and all the things flat uh, has uh drew we're back to you but you won't okay but you want so, so is this uh difficult terrain just on the ground or is it all around us as a like field I think we've we've determined in the past it is a radius, twenty foot radius. So it's kind of like a an orb above, as you know, bits and of the pipes maybe uh, to your side or kind of like crunching over over your head. So. Yeah, it's a ten foot sphere. Yeah. So okay. So with with my jetpack, it's not going to save me anything with a oh, as far as jumping into the center of this crew when it comes to difficult terrain, right? Yeah, no. If you want to jump in the center, that will that will provoke from from this one in front of you. But it will be a, a move action to do still the jump yeah. jets. You can hold your turn if you wanted. I think I'm just gonna attack this guy that's right in front of me at the the southern end of the the uh, the group with mm-hmm. two entropic strikes. Ooh boy, one's getting cocky with a couple of attacks and including me <laughs> here we go that is not gonna do it that's a nine minus three which is a natural suit yeah, yeah i'm not gonna well a miss what's his second attack Ooh, not much better oh that's awful it's a natural <laughs> three oh no uh yeah these are both both misses as this one is like almost using the the giant wrench they've pulled out to uh to use of like a shield just blocking your your attacks uh not a one goes through and catches them on the body when we're back to you all right so when is going to keep get him on the guy in front of him mm-hmm. 
and is going to once again just try to skewer him with his trident to try to take it take this guy out skewer away the oh boy 19 to hit attack number three and that is yeah that's a, a hit for number three 13 points of damage what <laughs> that's so many what you, oh you roll rolling a d8 for this bad boy that is un, well enough to knock this one out they are also dead yeah very dead i should say uh, that is your turn talara oh boy we're back to you oh no oh, <laughs> yeah what a no. waste of this, of this spell but oh I no three tiny demons oh no you went for the the three pete yeah the three tiny demons uh two of them are going to flank around the guy that was shooting at talara um she's got her own little summoned minion army uh she missed very very widely why are you punishing them? yeah she tried though she tried and oh, talara saw it rebecca you um, asked me to hold my turn and i should have done i it. did uh yeah and the <laughs> other one is going to flank with Cass. oh yeah well i can tell you drew that those flanks would not have mattered for your dice roll <laughs> yeah, yeah with those two and a three so. yeah no at this at, look i get it i get it real bad <laughs> but i, I understand real bad I understand that as well. Uh, Rebecca, make like a million attacks. We'll see you I next know, week right? on the podcast. <laughs> all, these. all right. So these are each going to full attack. Um, I'm going to start with the one that is flanking with Kaz. So it will be a negative two to each of these. So much. It's so much. Oh, <laughs> oh that is not going to do it. That's seven. Ooh, no, four on the dice. That's a miss. That's better. That's a 17. Oh, that's a hit. Awesome. So that does four damage. Minimum damage. Minimum, minimum damage. Maybe these little demons are getting uh, leveled out <laughs> by this yeah. level four combat. We'll see. Uh, so sure. first um, of damage on that one, though, as the tiny demons, I guess, raking its backside. Yeah. And then I have the two that are flanking on the other guy. Okay. So. All right. This is so many. It's going to take forever. All right. Ooh. That is not going to do it. That's a five. Ooh, natural toot. These are terrible. Okay, that's a 15. Against KAC? KAC. Uh, that is a hit. Oh, good. Uh, that does seven damage. <laughs> okay, all right. The first damage on this one that shot at you. <laughs> all right. Oh, that's that's going to be an 18. Oh, boy. Yeah, that's that does a five damage. Oh, it's they're still up, but not doing too well. And a uh, natural one. <laughs> Yay! You won as well. Um... Yeah, so Tiny Demon at level one. I don't think I want to roll cards for them if they're not like kind of on par with your yeah, level. Yeah, are one third, so. Yeah, well, <laughs> when you guys were like level one, that kind of made sense, but I think at least keeping up. So if you if you do the, the second tier demon, we might we might pull some cards, but the same thing with their 20s. I don't think we're gonna card their the natural 20s either. Makes sense. Because <laughs> like we were talking about this before the show, you can summon like 90 <laughs> to the combat. Yep. You'd be here all day, uh, but that is that is a miss. Yeah. Um. Uh. Talara has a turn though, so I oh. am going to. Uh, I could move forward five feet and then use overheat and get both of these guys right. Uh. Yes. Yeah. It's a fifteen foot cone, right? Yeah. You're, are your demons resistant to fire, or do you do you not care? I don't really care. I mean. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> Okay, well, yeah, go for it. Um, 
All right, so that's 2d8 fire. So so you got to step um, step forward as well, right? So yep. to, to here, or I guess you could do it from there and just kind of hit the corner. So this will hit a couple of the demons, no matter where you're standing. Um, I will roll two reflex saves for these two um, Islanti trader mechanics. Let's do this. Okay, another natural one. Great. <laughs> great, great, good. Yeah. Uh, these, these are two failures. I've rolled a seven and a one. Awesome. So that's oh 15 damage. Wow. Oh my God. They are both dead, dead. Oh, <laughs> Holy <laughs> moly. Oh. 30 points of damage if you're keeping track at home, like some of our fans are. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We're out of combat. <laughs> okay. Okay. So. Turn so ever. <laughs> So uh, I'm, I'm sorry. Can we take a brief moment and just appreciate that she did? I think 46 points of damage in that round. 30, 40. And that's with several misses. Imagine if all of those bites had hit. So uh, I think um, we I, can all agree that witch warpers just a broken class. Just, they're just not they're good. No good. They're no good. They don't <laughs> do anything. Please. <laughs> I think I. Mm, so we did 15, 30. Yeah, I think I got 42 points of damage. But maybe. Maybe I missed some, but you know, whatever. Forty-two is still <laughs> it's still I with the tiny tiny wow. demon squad. I got two in one blow. All right, so yeah, you guys pull the keys off of uh, the, the dead captain as well. You got some. Uh, they, they had some pistols, uh, some some light armor. We can go over in our our loot pool. Uh, oh, pistols! Talari could use a pistol. Yeah. Well, there's yeah. a static arc pistol and three azimuth laser pistols. So, <laughs> and I didn't even have to pickpocket the big horse monster. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's like a, a pistol smorgasbord here. Oh, geez, Louise. Um, right, right. So, I mean, uh, y- you can take a look out in the docking bay and you've got access to his Lanty trader ship. It's pretty small. It is lightly armored. Are you guys are you guys ready to uh, to loot it and, and, and move on? Yeah, let's yeah, let's let's get going. Yeah, you guys are going to just gear up and it is we're back into um, movie montage mode, getting ready for this prison break in, not a breakout, but a break in. But before you guys, we'll we'll do some some shopping uh, off air. But before you muster out on board of the vessel, you guys have anything to say on the eve of a pretty great next adventure of breaking into the prison moon of Gulta? Yeah, I'd say before we take off on this new ship that we have, we need to come up with a name for it, right? Uh, yeah, I mean you can you can change the name. It is the relic, but I mean that's snooze fest. Uh, we'll call it the perfectly normal Aslanti trader ship. Not not a Trojan horse. <laughs> not a Trojan horse ship. Can we it can we call it the can we call a, the bright bright crackle flicker dim for the win? <laughs> not a Trojan horse is N A T H. It's the Nath. <laughs> well, wait wait. I have the perfect idea. Hmm. What about to be continued? You never see it coming and you never will. (laughs) That's Uh, why we call it that. I'm I'm glad the AP threw a little a little child baby fight at you before what is next to come in this AP, guys. I want your your 
aren't you riding high on the the fumes of obliterating this crew? <laughs> um, Wait, are, are they not all going to be like I, this? I mean, I kind of feel just I kind of just feel bad. I'm not really riding high. I just kind of feel awful. Yeah, I, I didn't mean to. Open. I didn't mean to just put a laser through that guy's forehead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Talara meant to. <laughs> oh, man, overheat, overheat when you you roll almost max damage, an eight and a seven on two d eight. That was wild. Ooh. Ouch! You you burn your demons back to the the depths of he double hockey sticks. And, yeah, that uh, said, as as fun as that was, do you think we'll have like eight hours to take a nap and get my spells back? Maybe. I mean, it's up it's up to you guys if you want to. To, I mean, it might take some time to get all your your plans together, but uh, we'll talk about that and what is the plan next time when we come back here on Cosmic Crit. Uh, thank you guys for playing with me as always. Thank, thank you. you. And thank you guys for listening at home. Uh, until next time, uh, we'll see ya. Have a great one. Bye. See you later. Good night. Bye. 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 bye, bye.